What is regenerative real estate and how is it helping agents connect with today's consumers? Be prepared to hear real estate talk in a way I guarantee you haven't heard before. With health and wellness being on everyone's minds today, is there a way realtors can ask better questions to help our clients in a new way? And why would we even want to do this? Well, we all know how saturated the marketplace is with agents, and if you want to stand out and have people pay attention to you, then you really need to say something different than, I can help you find your dream home. We have Alyssa Collins on the podcast today, and you are going to love this conversation we had. She and her husband, Neil, started the regenerative real estate movement that is now spreading across the country as many agents have resonated with their message and have been able to grow and be more mindful and conscious agents through having this new perspective. So if you're curious to learn more about changes that are happening in the real estate industry, you really must listen to this awesome episode. Let's grow. Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast, where we explore a unique strategy no one is talking about that will enable you to engage more people with authentic conversations about your business more often. And it's called Wellness Real Estate. Not sure what that is or how it can help you as an agent? Well, that's what this podcast is all about. In fact, Wellness Real Estate is growing so rapidly that it is projected to be nearly $870 billion by 2027. I'm Sheila Alston, and I'm your host. I'm also the founder of Healthy Home Media, where I help agents all over the country leverage this new trend in the industry to spark new conversations that will get people to listen to you and notice your brand. So if you're tired of spinning your wheels without any leads or sales to show for it, then stay tuned. I guarantee this podcast is not like any you've heard before. Welcome to the Wellness Real Estate Podcast. Okay, I'm so excited because I have Alyssa Collins here, and she's been a guest on this podcast before telling us about regenerative real estate, but it's been a while, so I'm just super happy to have you on again so that you can just maybe tell us a little bit more about how regenerative real estate has evolved in the past couple of years and um, you know what it's, what's it, what it's doing for your agents. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Sheila, so good to be back. Actually, I just want to take a moment to remember that time in 2020 when it was the height of COVID and we were all making connections because the internet really did bring us together in the wellness space and the regenerative space. And a lot has happened in the last three years, really, mm-hmm. since we since we probably spoke. And I suppose just to start, you know, regenerative real estate, as we've come to learn is all about the quality of our thinking and how we approach how we live at home and how we inhabit our places. And our places could be our homes, our neighborhoods, our community, our towns, our cities. And so it's just about thinking a little bit differently, truly. Some Mm -hmm. people have called it a thinking technology. Wow. Yeah, some of our teachers, namely Bill Reed at the Regenesis Institute calls it a thinking technology. And I think that that's a really important piece to note. Yeah, I haven't heard that before. That is interesting. Um, But so, I mean, maybe you could just clue us in a little bit more with how regenerative real estate kind of began for you guys, for people who didn't hear the podcast three years ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I was a real estate agent working in Portland, Oregon under my own brokerage, Latitude Realty, LLC at the time. It's my partner, Neil, and we had another business partner who was our managing or principal broker. 
And a lot of my clients were asking really good questions about climate change and sustainability. And it would be questions such as, you know, I heard Alyssa that maybe I should uh, transition my yard and get rid of the grass and turn it, turn it into a pollinator habitat, or I want to grow more food. Um, how might I do that after I close on this house? Or another question is, I'm really interested in energy efficiency upgrades. How can I do that during this time of buying? And so we began to look at all, you know, different financing strategies, whether it was through green mortgages or through getting second position loans through other financing entities Mm -hmm. to to get a loan and add it into the transaction. So that way they could upgrade windows or insulation or things of that nature. Mm -hmm. It was really client-led. My clients were the ones asking me questions and I happened to have had a background in climate change adaptation. And so their questions coupled with my background in climate change adaptation helped me begin to see the pathway forward that, oh, actually as a real estate agent and professional, I can give way better counsel. I can make sure that from the minute that we start engaging as, you know, with a fiduciary agency here, that we can get the financing in order, mm-hmm. we can do our due diligence, that domino effect goes in, goes into effect. And then by the time they're closing, actually maybe they're conserving cash on the back end and getting these upgrades financed through green mortgages and whatnot. Yeah. And I think there's so many agents that don't even know about green mortgages, right? And the banks don't talk about them because there's just a lot of work that the agents need to do to make them, (laughs) make them work. Yeah. Loan officers too. And right now, one of our, I want to give a shout out to Kevin Kane based in Mm -hmm. Wisconsin, who's really figured out the formula with Green Homeowners United, who is providing a lot of information and a lot of value to our community. So that way we can just make sure that during that transaction, during the buy side, that that domino sequence can at least be planned for. It doesn't always mean a green mortgage works actually. Mm -hmm. So there's some interesting nuances to those conversations and what's going to work for the client, but at least we have the, the capacity to help them plan and see for a, in a, it's like a larger strategy. Right. Time. So we're just, so there it kind of gets into the thinking piece. How do we think about this, this moment in someone's life? What are the regenerative outcomes that can come from this planning and regeneration also is to make decisions, decisions in service to life, which mm-hmm. we can get into that. So there's a little bit of an external manifestation that happens. The house transforms and changes over time, but so does the person because they've chosen to embark on this this process of learning and changing. Well, and I love when you had told me too, that um, you felt like the real estate world for you guys just started to be really transactional and you wanted to have a little bit more meaning in your business. So that's how you guys came up with even the name regenerative real estate. Is that right? Yeah. And we were really inspired by the regenerative agriculture movement. Mm -hmm. I think for us, it's just common knowledge that we have toxified our world through Mm -hmm you know, pesticides and chemical agriculture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the real, the big story for me is that my mother was really sick with cancer. My dad had also been sick with cancer in my younger years, like early two thousands. Mm-hmm. And 
we, when I say we, my brother was the one at a really young age, you know, like 13, he was asking questions about the new house that we had built in 1999 in Anchorage, Alaska. And our dog actually got really sick after we moved in and got an autoimmune disease. And actually our dog had to be put down. And my brother and I think it was tied to building materials because then my dad also became sick with throat cancer. He was also a teacher. And so, sorry about that. So he, he was using his voice, but in my relationship to cancer, we know that sometimes there's weaknesses in our bodies. And so we think that like the combination of the new house that my parents built, that they were so excited about coupled with overuse of a certain part of our body made it to where he ended up developing cancer so it's actually a really deep story for me about yeah. the, build, the quality of the building materials. So then fast forward, my mom is sick and Neil and I, in our real estate business, we were just noticing that every home we were going into, especially here at the time we were in Portland, Oregon, we're just dealing with indoor air quality issues, mold, we're learning about volatile organic compounds, VOCs, we're learning about off-gassing we're learning about the glues that go into the cabinetry. In addition, we're also learning about the supply chain of the materials going into the home and how many of these materials are not compostable or recyclable. They just end up back in a landfill. Mm-hmm. We had a property management company with 200 homes under management. Same thing. How do you create healthy environments for the people that are living there? So health and wellness was just mm-hmm. so important because of, of course I had fear that I too might get sick and get mm-hmm. cancer. And so I've had a story about this that I am really still unlearning for myself, mm-hmm. but it related to my real estate business. And I felt like mm-hmm. if I can give the best counsel that truly is going to help someone live mm-hmm. a healthy, vital, beautiful life, then that's my role. That's what I need to do. Well, so and I love, I just love that you connected all those dots because mm-hmm. I think that some people think about those things, but they don't bring it back to what they're doing for work or their job or, or real estate for that matter. But since you guys started having a voice and talking about this, there's been a lot of um, agents around the country that have wanted to be a part of what you've been doing. Tell us about that. Yeah. So Latitude is just such a beautiful community of real estate agents and other real estate professionals. We've had lenders in the community, and now we're starting to slowly grow with folks that don't have a lending license or a real estate license, but maybe they're in architecture, they're in design, but they work closely with agents or they work closely with those who are transacting land. And I have to say regenerative real estate, we're on the edge of evolution. So we're over here in, you know, a small fraction and corner of the internet. And each latitude change agent is someone who is like kind of one of one or two of two in their place. Mm -hmm. And we're really experimenting because what works in Portland, Oregon, and now I live in Langley, Washington on Whidbey Island, what works for us here might be different than what works for someone in the Hudson Valley or Asheville. So we're really conscious of people's places and getting to know the uniqueness of place. And then that agent or that person's authentic self. So what, in you know, what inspires you, what enlivens you? So that way you can show up in your business and speak to the areas that are really important to you. And then we've learned since 
diving into this, that the quality of the questions that we ask our clients is extremely important mm-hmm. because we're not convincing a client to be regenerative. Mm-hmm. We're not. So I want to definitely make that clear. Like we can't convince anybody. I did that for like 15 years in the climate change space. Like yeah, all this doom and gloom data, all this doom and gloom headline and information like we're not motivated to act on that. We just act, we just retract in fear and constrict mm-hmm. in fear. So I also say regenerative real estate is about finding what brings life force to you and like going in that direction. Mm-hmm. But that's why we ask our clients lots of questions when they're coming through their onboarding process, because once we know what they love, then the process of transformation, again, let's just like think about a home that they're buying they can work in that vein. So if it's non-toxic materials for me, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be analyzing everything from a non-toxic material standpoint. But then eventually my home will be non-toxic. And what's next for me? Oh, it's my garden. It's pollinator habitats, permaculture design. Oh, when I get those systems up and going, what's next? Oh, maybe I need an altar space and I need these sacred transition spaces from my home to my garden And I want to walk from the mundane to the sacred. And now I'm bringing spirituality to my home. There's just a, there's just like a multi-month or a multi-year process that you could go on. Wow. Well, so if an agent came to you and said, I really resonate with what you're saying, I want to be a part of this. Do they have to go through some sort of education themselves to be a part of your, of latitude or what are your requirements? (laughs) Actually, we, there are no requirements we used to require that everybody become living future accredited through the international living future Institute, mm-hmm. but I, I don't want to require anybody to do anything. I want yeah. it to be something that they genuinely want to learn from. So we have so many good options out there, right? Like living future accreditation, well-built Institute lead there's eco brokers, NAR green. I mean, there's so many ways someone could begin and it's just, where do you want what, what as an agent makes you feel like you're going to add value to your business and to your client life. So start there. Yeah. Just start there. And within latitude, yes, we have a framework, the five roots of regenerative real estate, and that is health and wellness as a root sustainability. So closed loop systems, community, like what type of neighbor and person do you want to be? Or are you, what are your gifts? How might you contribute to your community? ecology, permaculture, land, gardens, pollinator habitats, and then spirit, spirit of place. Like what makes this place special and unique? What is the essence of this place? And those are kind of hard questions for some, but we really start to sink into our bodies too, to feel like what makes these places special and why do we choose to live here? There's a spirit that always ends up emerging. So we, we train to that. That's amazing. You know why is because through that training yourself or just opening up to those kinds of questions for yourself as an agent, you are asking different questions to your clients, right? And they're probably like, wait a second, I hadn't ever thought of that before. I was just looking at square footage and room count before and in a specific neighborhood. I hadn't thought about some of these other things that bring into whether or not I'm going to love living there and whether it's healthy for me and my family. So I could stay there for a long time and not have to move again in five years or yeah, um, whatever. Yeah, totally. Like if you make decisions 
for the health and well-being of your family, how would that result in a different outcome than if you make decisions based on a, the cosmetic nature of the home? Now, I know we have to acknowledge market forces exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've both been in markets where days on market could be like three days mm-hmm. and you have to make offers and all day long, you wish that you could make your home purchase based on the overall health and well-being of your family. But hopefully the city you live in <laughs> contributes to your underlying health and well-being. And hopefully the neighborhoods and the locations you're looking for can contribute. So then those specific homes as they emerge, you just know you can act on it. Well, and you have knowledge as their realtor to be able to share with them upgrades and things they can do to make it better and help. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's regenerative real estate is really a process to of internal and inner transformation, which gets to that. If the agent, the real estate professional is embodying these values and living them at home too, then you can speak more coherently and confidently towards these processes. So I think what we, what we have found in our community is that everybody lives the values mm-hmm. and the values are, you know, being authentic. They are practicing ecological thinking. So we always use the forest as a metaphor, like how trees work together and how the roots are intertwined and how there's all these relationships in a forest from the fungi to the birds, to the predators. And there's all these interconnections. So how does our business also embody that same type of ecosystem approach? And how are we building an ecosystem of other aligned professionals, right? Um, Plumbers, electricians, all the people that we know that help us get a transaction closed. Mm -hmm. If I know that my plumber cares and we're in alignment together, it's even better than just being able to show up within 48 hours to get, you know, the right. sewer stuff done. Right. We can really align. Can we co-market together? Can we co-brand? Imagine mm-hmm. if the plumbers, which is how water flows, mm-hmm. right? We all go back to that. The, the adage of water is life. Well, oh my gosh, our plumbers are these amazing engineers. They know how to engineer water flow. Well, if our plumber cared about the quality of the water that flows and that we're drinking, added benefit it's just such an added benefit to be in alignment with our vendor partners. So I like, we also coach to asking our ecosystem partners or our vendor partners questions too. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the big things that I'm trying to promote is just to expand your knowledge and network. If you're a regular agent out there and you haven't ever heard of regenerative real estate or, um, or any wellness real estate or anything like that, but you're trying to find a way to stand out, get noticed, I mean, do look at your values, what's important to you, but know that this is going on in the industry and that there are many like-minded people who are trying to provide more value for their clients, right? And to help people not only just get the house of their dreams, but love that house and know that it's healthy for their family so they can thrive. And if they take the time to get to know healthy home professionals, which there's a bunch of them out there, and they're all trying to educate the world by themselves, but the key, I believe, is agents connecting them with the consumers, right? Then it's one story, one voice, everybody's saying the same thing and they're all able to use their all specific or their specific gifts and talents and trade to help the clients. And it's better for everybody. 
Oh, yeah. And like the client appreciation events and parties can get really good. I mean, the mm-hmm. quality of the food that we serve, the quality of the conversation, the purpose driven nature of why we would gather. You know, in 2019, when Neil and I we were actually at that time of composting our businesses, mm-hmm. some, you know, would say we we're shutting them down. But as I practice like the ecological <laughs> metaphor, I'm like, we're composting our businesses at the time and thinking like, what's next? And we had a dinner that was framed on a sustainable future is a flavorful future. And we invited all of our 30 closest real estate allies. And we just posed a question to the group. How might we do this better and differently and had a generative topic and, and experience. And out of that, our lender friends, our title partners, other investors, everyone walked out feeling really excited. And it was that building will so that's yes. something that we talk about in the regenerative real estate space and the regenerative education is where there is will. And it's not just like willpower, like I'm muscling my way into it. But when we have will to do something, transformative outcomes can occur because we also then through having will, mm-hmm. we connect with our vendor partners and our people who are also value aligned and we create energy. Mm-hmm. And that energy is what travels. And so when you just mentioned, like, there's a lot of, you know, professionals in the wellness space that are alone, educating people alone, what we have to do is connect Mm -hmm. because regenerative real estate would not have existed if it was just Neil and I still working as a team in Portland, Mm -hmm. we've been able to connect with others who are willing to show up. They have a will, they have a desire to have impact in their business. So we just talk about, you know, how do you create the conditions for people to thrive in it? And it's being tapped into your authentic self. So that way you mm-hmm. can speak authentically. And and then we go back, what's your story? What's your regenerative story? Or what's your wellness story? And people start to reflect on the, on like their, their life experience. And then they're able to pull from that. And then those can become helpful talking points in their educational endeavors they can genuinely connect they're not like not trying to force themselves well it's just so interesting because I feel like that parallels how forward-thinking developers have actually started building these communities that are wellness communities because it wasn't just one developer who came up with a great idea and did it all himself I mean the stories that you hear are that they've worked with other um Mm -hmm people in the community to find out what it is that everybody's wanting to build towards, right? And they end up with something amazing. Maybe it's something centered on an organic farm and there's walking trails and access to nature and they're bringing the community bond together so that your neighbors know each other. You don't just drive up into your you know, your garage and have everything at home and then never know your neighbors, even though you live there 10 years. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And I I have to like celebrate and pay homage to the developers who are doing this work because they too are, have been at the edge of evolution. I mean, we have city codes, as you know, that are old mm-hmm. and outdated, predicated on single family dwelling, a time of when single family homes were just the norm, you know, the mm-hmm. post-World War II. I mean, some might say it was a propaganda machine, right? Because we needed to make sure that we had housing for everybody. We we're having population boom. World War II ended. I think Neil just read 
a sentence to me out of a book that said, but in our lifetime between like 1982 and 2020, 43 million acres of America was suburbanized. It's the entire wow. size of Washington state. So oh, in my, wow. in, in my lifetime, 39 years, you know, we're paving over and we don't, and, and we don't really know what we're paving over. There's demand of course, right. For homes, mm-hmm. we need them home and habitat, but how do we do this with nature? you know, with a value system. Mm-hmm. So that way we know our neighbors and we can work well together. So I like really admire the developers who have been in that space, chewing on these complex problems because they have to become, they have to work with the elected officials. Mm-hmm. They have to work with other businesses and, you know, engineers that want to do the work too. They have to find the money and the capital mm-hmm. that, gets its return, but also can create these special outcomes. So just incredible hats off to that work. Well, it it's just when you are forward thinking and you're trying to think of things differently than the normal, than everybody else, mm-hmm. and you get some good ideas and you collaborate with other people and you put the, the needs and the benefit of the, or the greater good ahead of your personal gain, the outcome is always better. I mean, those developers now have communities where people are thriving and property values go up, you know, mm-hmm. and it's become, um, you know, I mean, it will be a moneymaker for them because the money will just flow because of all the work that they've done and the good that they put out in the world anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, Anyway, there's nothing else really to add. I I completely agree. And I think that what we're really chewing on in the regenerative real estate community, this is where the hard part is. There's the transaction. We've been talking about what it's like to be an agent, but some agents find themselves too um, on the board of their local community housing land trust. Mm -hmm. So one of our, one of our change agent colleagues, Kelsey in Bellingham, she's on the board of her community housing land trust, Neil my partner and husband, he is now a founding board member of the new home on Whidbey community housing land trust. So to have, so regeneration is ultimately about being in service to life. And some questions that people ask of us too, is, well, what about access and what about affordability and how are we going to do this? So we also show up in our communities to make sure that affordable housing and access, especially for BIPOC communities is a part of our conversation. So we always encourage our community as well that out of the transaction to donate a percentage to a regenerative outcome. And we name those regenerative outcomes as BIPOC homeownership initiatives, you know, down payment assistance or your local community housing land trust. So that way people who have been excluded are able to leverage um, these programs and systems too. So these are ways that even if the home that someone buys, they're going to be on their transformative journey with it, the agent, they can have agency and accountability into, okay, my dollars can flow towards these organizations that are also doing good work, which then we strengthen bonds in our communities by aligning with these nonprofits who are doing this too. So that's a really important piece to name at this moment. And that's where we're really going is, okay, how do more dollars also flow towards these organizations that are doing it? So we don't have to recreate the wheel. Right. Well, so, I mean, I imagine that when you started this and even still, there's not probably very many regenerative homes out there. So if people aren't getting around like, okay, so I might have these values and I might want to talk about this. 
But then, you know, I look at a home and it's totally toxic or maybe, you know, and it's for sale and I want to be the listing agent or someone wants to buy this house. How do I, as the agent, you know, actually have a business and sell real estate when not all the properties out there are regenerative? Actually, I'll just name it. There's not a lot of, there's like four regenerative properties that might get listed. <laughs> I say that tongue in cheek, but truly those people are living there happily at this moment yeah, and, yeah. and they're not selling anytime soon because they themselves as property owners are culture creators. Cause if they are living there right now with these systems in place, mm-hmm. and they were doing that, let's say in the eighties or nineties or early two thousands, they were like figuring it out and DIYing it and finding some friends and And there was not an industry to support them in this. So with the sellers, that's, we encourage anybody within the Latitude community who's selling under the Latitude brand to sell the homes and and help their clients, even if it's not quote unquote regenerative. And I think Mm -hmm. that the gift that a listing agent within the Latitude community can offer is what are some pathways forward for the future buyers? Mm-hmm. And even engage the buyer agent as in the spirit of cooperation and learning together how, oh my gosh, hey, like, look, here's here's the baseline report that we created for this house. And the baseline report is kind of also mirrored off of ecological baselines, like the environment is this right now, the house is this right now, but here's what it could become mm-hmm. if we do, the, if we give these inputs to it, these investments and so it's just about cooperation and sharing knowledge. And um, so that's that's how we have addressed that particular question because everyone yeah. still is making a living doing this and putting food on the table. And mm-hmm. when we do have a property owner that comes to us that has created a property that represents some, the roots of regenerative real estate, typically we'll get folks that have high performance homes. Mm-hmm. Or we'll have folks that have urban farms, or we'll have folks that have permaculture designed yards. They just mm-hmm. want to make sure that that spirit, because that mm-hmm. that is where spirit comes in, mm-hmm. where that spirit gets acknowledged. Well, we, like we y- see you. Yes. And because if you don't have the right representation that doesn't even know how to speak to that with people that would easily get overlooked. And it is valuable. It does provide value. Yeah. I mean, think about the property owner that Mark Voss in Madison, Wisconsin represented who did her permaculture design certificate, a couple thousand dollars of investment there. Then she used her house as the case study, Mm -hmm. bought all the plants, did all the design. There's definitely a couple thousand dollars worth of work there. And then time, how do you account for time as your plants grow and mature? Because we know that a mature street tree in front of your house can have a value of between seven and ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So it's about acknowledgement of the work too that they've done. And so we want all of our listings to not only be inspirational, but educational. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, so can you share the story maybe of how your agents are evolving too, just being part of your brand? Maybe I know it's been three years and you know, how, um, how are, how are they using this to grow their business and what are they, what, what are some stories you could share about that? Yeah. So we, there's kind of a myriad group of stories here. There's some that are doing a great job listing homes and regenerative real estate is a tool in their tool belt. 
mm-hmm. representing buyers or representing sellers. And they know now when certain um, opportunities come up in conversation that they can give the best counsel available today. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like kind of a hidden gift to hit it. It's value. It just is value. Mm-hmm. So they are doing exactly what they need to do as a real estate agent, telling people what they do mm-hmm. and telling people what they do, yeah. inviting people in. And, but then we have those that are really focusing on specific areas. Like I'm an expert in urban farming and I want to make sure that I speak to the urban farmers of Madison, Wisconsin, and they find Mark. And now for him, it's, it, it goes beyond because he has also been an urban farmer for 25 years. He, he can, he can speak also as a farmer, mm-hmm. legitimately biodynamic farmer at that. And he's a real estate professional who knows exactly how the transaction is going to go and how to leverage the green mortgage world and make sure that financing is nice and tidy and people can plan well for their futures. We've had some folks who have actually stopped being agents and they've decided to go get a master's degree. They're applying to graduate school right now. And they've been so inspired by the work that the real estate license coupled with the regenerative real estate work has led them into, okay, I actually want to be an urban planner to these programs. And um, so I've been blessed now to write some letters of recommendation, or we've got folks who still have their real estate license, but are working for a new land bank in Minneapolis doing commercial real estate activity. So they still keep their license active. They still have it available clients as needed, but they're doing commercial real estate work and land banking properties in the twin cities to ensure that good regenerative development happens. So we have a wide variety of people in the group too. And I think that that's such a strength. It's not just a group of real estate agents who talk all the time about real estate sales from an urban perspective, but we have varied skill sets. And I think that it's incredibly helpful because there's diversity of experience, diversity of topic, um, expertise. And now for instance, Neil, he has, he has a client who, um, as a developer and they're talking about what the next development looks like. And Neil, he's been hired on as a consultant. So he's still selling real estate, but he's also now on the board of a community housing land trust and doing this consulting. So I think it gives people options. Mm-hmm. especially if you are really career oriented and um, the real estate license is still a very important license for everyone to hold. Mm-hmm. Well, and it just seems like it's not limiting anymore because you're not putting someone in a box of being what everybody thinks a real estate agent mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And you can expand that. Yeah. So we really refer to ourselves as real estate professionals or mm-hmm. licensed real estate professional, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we, we do encourage everyone to be explicit though. You know, that means that I help people buy and sell mm-hmm. or, I, or I consult on these types of projects. So just like any mastermind, it's still about the repetition of, and getting comfortable telling people what you do. Well, and I think for anyone who's just getting started or who's intrigued by this, um, just being a part of your network, you know, you're just learning and you're like a sponge and yeah. you, you don't have to know everything from the beginning. You just connect and start using the connections that you have 
you know, let me go ask this person or let me connect you with this person, right? Totally. So want to make that very clear. Like it's, we don't turn folks away because you don't know, but what we do ask is that you show up ready and willing and able to, to go. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean, but developing confidence is another piece that we've noticed because some mm-hmm. people just don't feel confident because they don't feel like the expert. Mm-hmm. But again, just exactly to your point, Sheila, it's like, you just tell that person, like, I actually don't know the answer to that. That's, that's thanks. I'm going to go find out. Mm-hmm. And, and you just learn by doing so. I mean, having some real estate transaction experience, I think does help because mm-hmm. you can have, you can really rapidly bring in the values of regenerative real estate and then, and the learnings and couple it with your business. So I do think that having you know, five or six transactions under your belt or a year or two can help. Mm-hmm. But if you're a new agent and you want to do it, um, then we want to have a conversation and just see where your energy levels are at, because I don't want people to get overwhelmed. That's the thing yeah. you are, yeah. you are hitting on that. It can be overwhelming and it's just overwhelming enough getting to learn how a transaction works. What's escrow. Oh, I have to get the earnest money check submitted at, by this time in these days, mm-hmm. I mean, those things are really, we know how important that is. Well, and I do think that too, a lot of people get into real estate and they don't really realize that you're going to be a small business now. <laughs> Not only do you need to learn real estate, but you need to learn how to get leads, get sales. You need to learn how to market yourself. You need to learn how to do your own accounting. You need to learn how to be your own boss and manage your time, right? Uh, file taxes. Make sure, file tax, yeah. Yeah. make sure you have enough oh, money yeah. set aside for tax season. How many, yeah. I feel like my first two or three years of owning a business was just so rough because I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea that I was supposed to do that. So anyway, 10 years later, <laughs> I feel good. I know that I've got my quarterly taxes to pay, but it's true. Starting out as a new realtor, you just don't treat it like a business because you embody it and you think it's yeah. who you are. And yeah. so the other thing, it's like, this is my business. This is not yeah. who I am. Yeah. It's what you choose to do every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This was so wonderful. I love it. So how can people learn more about regenerative real estate? Where do they go? So our website is chooselatitude.com, C-H-O-O-S-E-L-A-T-I-T-U-D-E, Choose Latitude. My husband, Neil, produces the Regenerative Real Estate Podcast, and there's just so many rich conversations that are happening there. And it will give you a cross-section of what regenerative real estate is, which Mm -hmm. is a lot of things. And you can follow us on Instagram at latitude.regenerative.re. And let's see, I think, I mean, essentially that's it. Oh, we have a mighty network where we do gather. Mm-hmm. And so that's at least a place where eventually it, as courses develop and more formal workshops come forth, that's where we'll be gathering. So Latitude has a mighty network and there is an ecosystem directory as well on our website. So that ecosystem directory are businesses from around the country that apply to be a part of it. So you can just learn and also see who's who's in that nested system. There's like the Mm -hmm. agent as one concentric circle. Then there's your ecosystem as the next concentric circle and then your clients. And obviously they all overlap. Oh my gosh. 
Yes. Okay. Well, I will put all those links down below so people can click on them. But thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's always such a pleasure to talk with you, Alyssa. Yeah, you too, Sheila. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Alyssa Collins. To learn more about Latitude and regenerative real estate, head over to chooselatitude.com. You can also find out about the in-person gathering they're holding August 29th through September 1st at Riverbend Farm in Seiko, Maine. It looks like an amazing opportunity to collaborate and be a change maker in real estate. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you learned something new that will inspire you to think about your branding and how you can market yourself a little differently. If you enjoyed this episode, then you're going to love what I have for you because you don't need to wait to go get extra certifications or to grow and expand your network to get started attracting those new leads right now. You can simply begin by talking about wellness real estate trends and what you've learned on this podcast with others. I mean, this is pretty interesting stuff that no one has heard about, and I have all the tools that can make it even easier for you. Wellness Real Estate Magazine is a brand new wellness lifestyle magazine, and it's the only magazine that brings health and home together. We educate readers on industry trends and how to create a healthier home environment, written by industry experts around the country. And we have three covers to choose from, Wellness RE, Healthy Home, and Wellness at Home, so you can easily find one that aligns with your unique brand and messaging. These magazines are the perfect done-for-you tools that help you not only stay top of mind, but they educate and engage your audience, which positions you as an industry expert. Differentiate yourself and grow your brand the easy way. Learn more at HealthyHomeMedia.com.